0: Welcome to the Kevin and Fred show. I am your host, Kevin Kaufman. And along with my business partner, Fred Weaver, we bring to you our podcast where we highlight some of the best and brightest in the real estate industry, along with a weekly segment called industry headlines. We are a proud member of the industry syndicate family of real estate podcast. And we are so glad that you are listening and tuning in today. And we hope you enjoy our show.
1: Today's episode is brought to you by Kevin and Fred's community at eXp Realty. Learn why over 1000 real estate agents joined eXp Realty last week. Join us for an informational webinar this
0: Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific time. Register at intro to All right, we're back on the Kevin and Fred show and today joined by my friend, Brandon Brittenham. Brandon, how's it going, dude?
1: Good, man. How are you? I'm excited to be here. I appreciate you taking the time with me today.
0: Man, I'm I'm, I'm fantastic. Thank you for asking. And I'm excited for this too. Um, you and I have gotten to know each other over the last couple of years. Met in the, uh, I think initially in Los Angeles at a John Cheplak Mastermind and uh-huh. have kind of uh, crossed paths a few times since then. And uh, you're just one of those guys I really like and respect to love the way you do business, which is much differently than me and so many others. And so I'm excited to kind of dive in and put you on the hot seat, dude.
1: Awesome, man. Thank you.
0: Absolutely. So why don't, um, Let's start here, Brandon. like, tell me, tell me about your real estate career. Like, just give us kind of the highlights. Like how long have you been in real estate? And the question I always love, which tends to be loaded is like, well, I mean, what, what got you into real estate? What, what made you make that decision to join us crazy folks in real estate?
1: Joe, so, um, you know, uh, it was end of 07, beginning of 08, um, probably the worst time to get in real estate. Um, just oh, no. always had a fascination with it. Uh, my grandfather and dad built houses when I was a kid. Oh, and, um, they used to tell me when, you know, thankfully when I was young, they put me on a job site and made me learn that I didn't want to swing a hammer. Not that there's anything wrong with that. It's just, it wasn't for me. Yeah. So they were kind of like, well, if you're not going to be the one that builds the houses, then you got to figure out how to sell them. Um, and you know, but of course, when you're younger, whatever your parents tell you to do, you do the opposite, right? (laughs) So um, I I always had an interest in real estate. And um, honestly, what happened with me was, I was in another industry where I was doing pretty well, when and was really young doing it. And I had started looking at real estate um, to build wealth. And, you know, all the information that I had gleaned, and, and the older people that had talked to me were like, invest in real estate, invest in real estate, buy real estate, right? Um, And then so um, the first like one or two rental properties that I bought, I had such a terrible experience um, with the agents and they were quote unquote top agents in my marketplace that um, I actually went and got my license just specifically to represent myself. I had no intention of being an agent. Um, And then when I got into the office, um i was coming from from a business where um i was in in retail clothing but kind of in a high level high level um i ever saw a bunch of stores ended up opening my own store one of the things i was involved in was like custom suits for men oh, okay so it was just like a, a a really intimate experience with the customer and you knew your customer and and things like that and i was just used to coming from something that was um a really high level customer service, not to paint every real estate agent with the same brush, but my first brushes in real estate were not the greatest experience. And then when I got into the office, when I first got my license, I was kind of like, man, you know, because this was like the emergence of e-commerce and things like that. I was just kind of like, man, a a lot of these agents do things very old school in the old way. And I was like, you know, I really think that if I focus on this, that I could become good at being in real estate. Um, and so then I really started focusing on that. And uh, then obviously the market took a shit. Yeah. And um, so one cool thing was that leapfrogged me. And I know you can appreciate this probably why we're both bald. Right? Is, um, yeah. I got into I got into short sales and foreclosures very early and why everybody was pointing at me and laughing and saying that was a waste of my time. Um, but that's kind of what helped me springboard to grow a business really, really fast was I did something that nobody else was willing to do.
0: Matt, my brother, that dude, that's, that's literally what, what I say. It those, almost those exact words. Uh, my third deal, third deal was a short sale and then pretty much the next thousand or so were short sales. <laughs> right. Um, and uh, everybody told me not to, and which made me just want to do it more but all but also, man, it was like that's how I cut my teeth. That's how Fred and I learned to really grow a business because we, you know, it actually enabled us to scale. What everybody else thought was hard gave me a distinct advantage to be able to go out and scale from just selling real estate to running a business very quickly. And um yeah, so yeah, very similar, man. I can I can relate. So let me ask you this because well, you know, I know in our market and in our business and a lot of folks I know who also kind of specialized in, I'll just call it distress, whether that was REO, short sale, or both. I, a lot of those folks do that. They, they didn't, to be frank, like they didn't make the turn that you've made. Like your bit, my business got better afterwards. Not that I didn't have a—I not that we didn't have a time of like growing pains because we did. My business is significantly better today than it was then. And I know you and I probably both know a lot of the same people that like their business, it basically doesn't exist or is pales in comparison to what it was in those days like how did you make it through that into um, succeeding in kind of a more normal market and now what is obviously not normal at all um, yeah. wh- what do you think that was
1: so i think it was a con- it was a, it was a number of things i think it was so first of all the short sale foreclosure right it helped us grow this huge database and you know it was these people that Um, So that's another thing that I learned early in my career. It was, um, I'd go out on a listing appointment and, and, you know, I'd be like, well, how the hell are they calling me when the agent, they sold them, the house has been in it for 20 years. And, you know, they were like, we don't even remember who we bought or sold through. We never heard from them again. Yeah. Very early on. One of the things that I tried to master was staying in touch with people um, you know, sending things to them, not just selling their house and then them disappearing. Um, but then also it was leveraging um, the database that I had built in the distressed market. And, you know, kind of, and then I also knew that, the, that there was no way it was going to last forever. So I started to transition into, um, I think I was very early in kind of grasping digital marketing um video i mean i know you guys were real early in video um you know i think the first like real estate video we did was probably 9 10 years ago um it might have been even sooner than that so we you know started just transitioning to trying to build a brand early and then just kind of pivoting to we knew short sales and foreclosures weren't going to um you know last and then yeah. kind of looking at you know, just always trying to look ahead of, you know, where do we think the next turn is going to be? And then just trying to be ahead of it and just trying to pivot and evolve.
0: Yeah. Well, I think that's, you know, I I think that's what you have to do. First of all, you like, you've always got to be looking for what's the, you know, what's the Wayne Gretzky quote, you know, skate to where the puck is going, not, not where it's at. And it 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 can be hard to do um, because it's hard to tell where things are going, but absolutely it's something that, um you know, it, it's something that, that you've got to continue to do, especially now, man, the rate at which this business is changing. So I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. I mean, so last year in 2020, which obviously was weird for everybody, um, and you know, it's you know, it's weird is most people I know either had business wise like a banner year or a terrible year? Like it seemed yeah. like there was no middle ground. No
1: in between, yeah.
0: And and if I remember correctly, I mean, you guys did north of 700 plus units. Is that, is that right?
1: Yeah, we did almost 750. It was like 749 and three quarters, which I still don't understand what that means.
0: <laughs> I know those, it's those dang referrals, man. They, it's yeah. like, okay, so what? I had to pay someone 0.25, so I only get, co- uh, you know, right. I don't get credit for 0.75, but I sold the whole house just for the record. Right, um, right. Yeah. You know, okay. So, so obviously dude, you're crushing it. Um, what, like, what's, what do you see now? Like, where are you, what, what are you thinking about? Maybe it's where the puck is at currently, but like, what do you think about now as we try as we're obviously get, we're always going to be going through a transition and what that, what is next? I don't know, but like kind of, what are the things you're thinking about in your business?
1: So a couple of things, number one, I think, um, I think if you can solve pain points and you can solve the customer's pain points, I think that, um, I think that's a big deal. I think you've seen the rise of iBuyer, um, even though it may be a small percentage, you know, yeah. we have our own iBuyer set up here and, and we've seen, you know, we only did probably 30 last year, but to those 30 people, that was a huge solution for them, Right. Um, so, uh, you know, we got, um, into property management a few years ago, probably six, seven years ago. And one of the reasons we had a banner year last year was because, you know, PM, you know, helped us explode and, um, you know, working in, in, in different fa- facets of ancillary businesses, mortgage title insurance, uh, different things like that. I think, um, if you build a brand, And you can solve people's problems and whatever that looks like for you i think is 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 where the next generation because of what the consumer demands and what they want so for for us we just kind of looked at how do we make the transaction easier and smoother and what businesses could we build around it to make it easier for them and you know just kind of looking at it from from that standpoint i think um there's a lot of talk in the industry people are scared of the tech companies and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I just think if you're good at your job, none of that shit's going to matter. Yeah, Um, And especially if you provide a ton of value, um, I think that that's, you know, people want to do business with people they know, like, and trust. Um, And I think if you're in the community and you do a good job, I I think the other thing too, though, I think that everyone should be thinking about, I think this is a big part of your success or growth is you got to build a brand. Um, and and I think that as, you know, agents and teams and brokerages, sometimes we don't really think about that, you know, what that entails and what that looks like, but I think build a brand. And then if that brand on the back of that, you can deliver on service, you're going to be in good shape.
0: Okay. So let me ask you a question. So we, you know, we started to build a brand early on without, without even kind of realizing it. And one of the things I noticed is my brand was, uh, um, it was more known, if you will, with other realtors less so than the consumers, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And however, I we always were were making an effort towards the brand with the consumers. What I'm feeling like, and and I'd love to just hear you like spitball with me on this is. Feeling like okay, as as we're building a consumer brand, it's easier to build with the with with other realtors, right? Because we're all, everyone's trying to learn from everyone or kind of see what everybody else is doing. But on the on the consumer side, what I, what I'm feeling like we have to do better is because of like you mentioned these tech companies, the iBuyers. What they are doing is they're they're if nothing else, the service that they're giving us as agents is providing us insight as to what the consumer is looking for beyond what it is we've traditionally provided. And so if we can have a brand that allows us to provide more than just traditional home listing and home buying, you know, options other than that, then we could be, okay, we may not like commission compression could happen. You know, we could see a certain percentage of deals go away. Like we don't have the, however, if we have a brand built up and we're really taking care of our database, we've got maybe. Four or five other, six other things that we can do that provide as a service or um, something for for our our consumers. Is that is that where you what you mean by that, or am I off base?
1: No, no, exactly. Um, I, again, I think to everything you said is correct, and and I think if your brand is known for solving problems, right? So even in in today's world, so last year, I personally sold. I personally sold almost 300 properties, right? Dang. Um, as a salesperson. And a majority of that came from my sphere. Um, so again, you know, my, my thought process is if you build a big brand, if you love on your database um, and you do a good job, people are going to refer business back to you. Um, I think the one thing that no tech company can figure out is it's so hard to figure out where people are in the journey right? Like, you know, you know, we're all trying to pin down intention of when they're going to buy and sell, but no one has really figured that out to a T. So I think by building a brand, it is, if you're everywhere all the time, then you have a better chance of getting the people that aren't in your database, which is what the tech companies are going after. Right. And if you build the brand, I think that you cast a wider net. Do you know what I mean? Yep. And then you couple that with loving on your database. And I think that that's kind of the game changer. And, and so for us, you know, we grew exponentially last year. You know, it's hard to say what last year is in the future as far as what we measure that year against. But last year we did step up a lot of marketing effort, billboards, TV, radio. We did a lot more than, than what we normally do. And we've seen a huge response from the consumer as far as helping our growth. So I think it's just it's visibility. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. visibility in the market marketplace, and and building a brand. Um, and then, but you got to be able to perform once once you do that.
0: Absolutely, yeah. There's uh, I just had uh, what well, you know, Matt Wagner, obviously. I mm-hmm. just had Matt on the podcast recently, and we kind of talked about you know there's it's, you can't, you can't just go run TV and commercial ads. Like you've got to, there's like this whole, you, there's a progression you've got to be able to handle. It. Otherwise you just cause more damage than you do good. Um, and, and so forth and you, yeah, man, you've done, you've done an excellent job. I've, I've seen a lot of what you've done both because we talk a lot as well as, um, I always, I always try to pay attention to, to the Titans like yourself and, and what's going on in this industry. Um, so let me ask you this, man. So you you obviously you mentor a lot of agents on your team and, and in your local market area and, and even nationally because you um have such you've built such a network and reputation when an agent comes to you today whether maybe not a brand new agent but a newer agent that's working on kind of going to the next level for their business like what are the types of advices you find you know what are the pieces of advice you find yourself giving to those people
1: well, you know, it's, it's so many things, man. I think number one, I think um, it's going to sound cliche, but I think it's, I think it's a big, you know, I think success is built on your mindset and it's a mindset of abundance. Um, yeah. And um, just the speaking in my own building, the people that come in here and do really, really well are the team players and, and the it's not about me. It's about we, Um, And I think, unfortunately, a lot of times agents get caught in the, the, you know, I need everything. It's all about me. And then that also just spills over into what their consumer feels. Right. So, um, you know, you know, your customer service has to be on point, number one, because where a tech company will beat you is if you suck at your job. Um, Because, you know, they're going to get to the consumer quicker. They're going to respond faster, whatever the case is. Yeah. So if you don't have that side of it dialed in there, they are going to steal clients from you. There's, there's no question about it. Um, but I think it's, um, you know, the customer service piece, but I also think it is, you know, like clarity, like you've got to be crystal clear on what, what it is that you want, and where you want to go. You know, I think sometimes people call me and they're like, well, you know, I just want to freaking crush it, man. I just want to make money. Well, what the hell does that mean? Um, you know, if you don't know what the definition of that is for you personally, um, you know, you're gonna, you're not even following a path, you know, of going forward. You're just basically saying you want to make money. Um, and you're not really, you know, from a, having a clear definition of, of going from point A to point B. So I think it's, I think it's clarity of where you want to go. Um, I think it's really kind of defining what is your value proposition to the consumer? Do you have one? Do you know what I
0: mean? Yeah. Um,
1: and then, you know, what do you want your brand to be? And, you know, do you have a mindset of abundance? You know, and it's kind of one of those things too. Is, and and I'll tell you just a side note. People come to me all the time, and they're like, "I want you to coach me and train me and mentor me on on how to um, build a team." And first question I ask them is, "How much leadership training you had?" Well, none. What the hell do I need leadership training for? It's like, well you know, in this industry, we have all these scripts and dialogues and shit around how to talk to a buyer, how to talk to a seller, but there's nothing around how to lead and teach other human beings. And so one of the biggest pieces of advice is that I can give people from on the team standpoint, because a lot of times that's the inflection point when people reach out to me, they're like, you know, I've crushed it as an agent. I want to go to the next level. What do I do? You got to figure out how to become a good leader. And they're like, what the hell does that even mean? It's like, but that's where you got to start, right? Yeah,
0: it is. It, well, it's. It, uh, I mean, the reality is to grow, you know, most, I, I don't know exactly where, what the number is, but like, you know, if you've been in business more than say three, four years and you're having some success, the the reality is, is you're probably tapped out as to what you are per, well, like you, like you're not going to be the person that takes your business to whatever that next level is, Right. Um, it's going to be someone else and it's going to be your ability to number one, identify the fact that you need help, identify the person and then get the hell out of their way while being able to support them in taking your business to the next level.
1: A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, um, leadership. If you want to run a team, that's figure out how to be a leader. All the other shit will figure itself out.
0: Yeah. And I've always been a big proponent of like when people like how do you become a good leader? And I'm like, you know, for me, sometimes I hate that word leadership because of the way it gets just used. Um, but I think it's really about like understanding yourself first and foremost and understanding your own, um, you know, behavior and uh, psychology, why you do things and things like that. And then building around that. Um, that's, I think that's the beginning of it, but that's probably another episode. So dude, yeah. one of the, one of the things I wanted to talk about because the first time I met you in L.A., and I want to say it was like February of, of 18. Um, it was either 17 or 18, but I think it was 18.
1: 18, and,
0: yeah. And you gave a talk that day uh, or w- one of those two days on the fact that you had kind of built ancillary businesses around your real estate business. Mm-hmm. Um, can, you, can you give me an idea of like what those are? And I would love to maybe, um, I, I want to dive in a, a little bit on that for a moment.
1: Yeah. So what I'll tell you was the first one that we really built was property management. Um, and then it kind of created this watershed of everything else. So, um, you know, kind of going back to the wealth conversation, uh, one of the first like really good years that we had um, before I was even a team, you know, I'd done whatever it was, a hundred units or whatever myself. And it was like, you know, do where does the do I get an additional check or I mean what happens and like you know my broker like patted me on the back and was like good job kid starts over January 1st (laughs) and I was like man that's kind of scary so you know I started looking at how do I create residual income obviously investing in real estate was what had drawn me into real estate already so I had kind of, and, and at the time I had, I was outsourcing my own properties because I had no um, ah. involvement in property management. And when I started looking at that closer, I was like, man, and, and I'd bounced around to a couple of companies and I was like, dude, they just don't do a good job um, just in general. And, and I think um, giving it, drawing back the comparison to, the short sale business, right. It's like kind of looked as on as the underbelly of real estate. So like, you know, back, you remember back in those days in 08 and when everything was going on, nobody woke up and said, I want to do short sales. Right. Yeah. You know, We did it out of necessity. You know, I did it out of necessity because I was brand new in the business and I had to me, earn a living. Me too. Right. So, um, property management, I think is one of those things where it's not like sales. It's not sexy. Um, you know what I mean? It doesn't have the same allure. So I think it attracts a different type of talent initially. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So I kind of thought about if I could vault this on to this, the sales business that I already built, I think I could really build it to something special. And so what I started to do was I started to build it. And then I started to think about it just it really freaking like a light bulb went off on my head of the consumer journey. And then um, also like understanding that, holy shit, why is data so valuable? Well, because if I have this one property owner that knows, likes, and trusts me, right, He'll let me sell him an HVAC unit if I own the HVAC company. He'll let me sell that house. Uh, the tenant in there, if they know like and trust us, will let us let us sell them a house. The landlord will buy other properties through us, right? Um, If I want to do a mortgage for him, if I'm involved in it, he'll do it. He'll settle with my title company. He'll buy insurance through me. So I started looking at like, holy shit, if I can build this residual income machine, right, it can help me invest in properties as well because of knowledge and data. Then I'm creating this database that pays me every month that i can build all these ancillary companies around so we built contracting hvac plumbing insurance um, around kind of this entire ecosystem dude, that's
0: so so oh, i sorry that is so much gold right there dude like i i think i i think what you just shared it, it around the ability i was thinking okay like property management's kind of a great like add on to the sales team and it is but it feels like property management might actually be the hub and the other things are the spokes, including maybe even the sales business in a lot of ways.
1: So the, our sales business has obviously exploded to yeah. such a level that it's a different animal, but they are feeding each other now, right? Because um, the largest single sale that I've ever done in my life as an agent came from a property management lead. Um, and I personally own 120 unit apartment complex that I bought and got paid a commission on that originally contacted me through property management to manage it. Right. Um, yeah, so, so we, on. we, we managed it for, it was in such disrepair we took over that, the, and I became really good friends with the guy who owned it. And he said, if, if I ever decide to sell it, I'll give you a chance to buy it. Right. Um, and then kind of behind that too was you know the huge tax benefits of owning real estate right yeah but that was another big part of it. So um, yeah so where I just looked at if I have a bunch of people that trust me, I can figure out ways to provide a better experience and then they'll continue to do business with me. And when I looked at like some of these large brokerages and these big businesses, and really started to dive into it. Um, a lot of their profitability was made off their ancillary business, not necessarily the brokerage business. Right. Yeah. So um, just try to look at those kind of models and then just try to mirror it the same. And then again, it was, it was the same thing. It was kind of the Amazon or the Apple thought process. It's like, I don't want you to leave to go buy through someone else or yeah. sell through someone else because I don't have a piece of that business that can solve your problem. So it was kind of like, and I'll tell you, I tried a couple of them and failed. Um, One that I tried and failed was a moving company. Um, We were actually at one time moving people and that one was just, that's a tough business. That's a tough
0: business. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So that one, I know some people that do it really, really well. That wasn't my cup of tea. Um, That was one of the things, again, just trying to solve people's problems. So, um, you know, yeah, it was just, hey, how do I provide the best level of service, solve their problems, build these ants, you know, build this hub around the consumer. And, you know, one of the things that we found out is, you know, we could sell them six to seven different things. And I think that's part of the future of the industry, honestly.
0: Yeah, it is. Uh, I I mean, I firmly believe, I I firmly believe that anyways. I I mean, I don't want to sound so sure of myself, but I'm I'm of the same mindset. Let me ask you this. Uh what give me an idea? Well, like how big is your property management company these days? Like how many doors or how, how do you count that?
1: 1,200.
0: Um 12, 1, doors.
1: Yeah. So it's pretty, it's pretty large. And we went from we went Whoa. from ze- we went from zero to twelve hundred in a pretty short period of time in, in about a five year span.
0: What? Dude, that's massive that uh, what 1200 doors. Okay. So like that opens up so much opportunity. Um, let me ask you, let me ask you this. Like, where do you, do you have like a goal for that? Like, is there a certain number of doors you want to be at say at the end of 2021 or, or maybe it's a longer term goal?
1: So like with anything, when you get to certain levels of scale, so if we get bigger than what we are, which of course we all want to, we all want to grow. Um, now we're getting almost to institutional level as yeah. far as when we get into 2,000, 2,500 units, it's just a totally different business model. Um, so the cool thing is about property management, when you get to a level that we're at, um, you if you dial it in right, it's almost the best analogy that I can give you. It's like sometimes we get drunk on leads sometimes. Yep. Right. And it's like, I need to buy more leads. And it's like, no, you don't need to buy more leads. You need to double down on your conversions. So we're kind of at a place where, you know, doubling down on our ability to serve those 1200. Got it. It's a massive level of profitability. Um, And then, you know, because our next ability to scale is really like, do we want to go super institutional? Um, because we have a mix of everything. So, you know, to kind of grow again, then you're getting into much larger apartment complexes, you know, um, things like that, which, you know, we may or may not do, we could continue to grow slow and steady and probably get to 15, 1,600 units and do very well. So we're kind of at an inflection point of, do we grow slow and steady or do we just try to explode um, growth-wise? But if we go The latter, it's just a different business model than we operate now.
0: Totally. Dude, I I like, I just want to say like, honor your ability to even see through that. I think so many of us in this industry, just like we go, we just know there's a bigger number out there that we we quote could have. And so we tend to go for it sort of with reckless abandon. And, but for you to pause and go, yeah, I could do that. Or we could just dig deeper on the well that we already have. There's so much to be said for going deeper as opposed to wider in our businesses, um, especially when we're talking about um, something like this, where there's so many other ways to monetize and serve people. Um, it makes a huge difference. All right, dude, so I'm gonna put you on the spot. Um, you started putting together, so I mentioned you and I met through through John Cheplex, uh a couple of times. And I, I noticed in part of that community that you were starting to share some of what you've learned and putting together even a course on Property management. Um, as you know, uh, I, I own and run Next Level Agents Facebook group with with Fred, my business partner, and we've got a great uh, audience of listeners, both through this podcast and in that group, who will watch the video and not listen to the podcast, but that would love to learn more about property management. Is that are you like? Is that content polished enough where you could share it, like in like a webinar for us?
1: Yeah, man. Um, I'd be glad to. And and I'll tell you part of kind of what happened was, um, you know, you remember this, right. And I'm sure you guys did it. Like we got really good at short sales and then everybody wanted us to teach them. Right. Oh, yeah. Um, so, uh, so kind of what happened was, you know, people were hearing about what we were doing in property management. And then we had, You know, we were doing one-off consultations. Um, We'd have people pre-COVID fly into our building and kind of see how we were doing it. We would consult with people, things of that nature. And kind of what happened was this kind of happened because of COVID. Um, So what we were doing was we were getting ready to do some pretty intense like two-day trainings of just trying to teach you how to, the same thing that we did, how do we build it from zero to 1200? And then COVID happened, right? And so it was like, man, we had produced all this great content, and it's like we didn't want to just shelve it because of COVID. So um, then we just went in the studio and started recording it, and um, kind of simultaneously, um, we had a book publisher got a hold of the manuscript that we were sharing internally, and they're actually going to turn it into a book. And um, dude, so really. Yeah, we're excited about that. That's that's coming out um, probably three or four months from now. Dude, solid. Um, so, kind of what happened was, you know, just I mean, you don't, you know, sometimes you don't know if you're doing shit the right way or you're, you're not, right? No doubt. And so, so I started sharing some of the content, and 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 the feedback I got from people were like, man, we just we can't find this type of content about growing a property management business anywhere. And then I think some of the cool things that we sprinkled in there um, was just opening people's mindset to kind of this growing, this ecosystem. Um, And another cool thing that we did was we hired a CFO about a year and a half ago and she's in, she was involved in the training. She's freaking brilliant. Um, And she talks, there's a whole segment where she talks about how you should be structuring your business, um, how to avoid paying taxes, Um, from, you know, leveraging real estate and things of that nature. So we got some of the feet, the, the content out there. And then a lot of people were like, you need to put this together in a training. So that's kind of what we did. And then, you know, we want to bring it to people in the industry at a high level that we know can take it and implement it.
0: That's solid, dude. Well, we'll do this. I'll get, I'll get with you offline. We'll get a link, um, to like do a webinar, um, and we'll put it, in, put it in the show notes and I'll drop it in the group and we'll do that for, for the listeners and for the members in the group. I appreciate you doing that. I, dude, I feel like I just learned a ton. Just since, honestly, this is the selfish reason why I do the podcast is because absolutely. I'm, just, I'm sure you, I know you saw me pick up my pen a couple of times and I was writing down a few notes um, and because this is absolutely a selfish endeavor for me uh, running this podcast because I, I learned so much and um, I feel like I just got a masterclass on, on my database in a way and so I want to number one, say thank you for that. And uh, number two is say thank you for your time. And just like being willing to share and be open with our listeners and the viewers and really just the industry, dude, it means a lot to me. And it's, it's one of the reasons why I consider you a friend.
1: Absolutely, man. Anytime.
0: All right, man. So uh, we'll wrap up for now, Brandon, before we do that though, um, where can people find you or follow you if they want to kind of just like learn more about you or kind of see some of the, the cool stuff that you're doing? Is it is the best place like Facebook, Instagram, or something else?
1: Yeah. Facebook. I mean, Facebook is a Facebook messenger seems to just be a cool kind of, you know, web of communication now. Um, it's just actually amazing. Like how we can connect with each other through that. I think that that's, um, that's a good place to connect with me and and have communication with me.
0: Awesome. And I will, uh, I'll tell you what, I'll, I'll put a, I'll put a link to your Facebook page, um, in the show notes here too. And so anybody just who wants to learn more about Brandon, reach out. Brandon, before we run, what what should I have asked you or what should we have talked about that I didn't yet that you want to make sure we get in before we run today?
1: Um, one thing just to talk about, to, so I mentioned I hired a CFO, right? Yeah. Um, I'll just give you the two minute. There's like so many pieces of gold, and gold in this shit. So um, law of attraction, huge believer of that. Right, you know, what you put in your mind goes into the world, it comes back to you. And if it's negative, it comes back to you the same way. So first and foremost, I think that as we continue, as as people continue to scale, like you really have to think about, I think a big part, one of the big things that's missing in this industry is we don't look at our finances the right way, right? Um, You know, for a lot of salespeople, myself included, we were meeting with our accountant a quarter later you know, so we're meeting with her after a quarter had already happened. And she's like, why the hell did you do this, this, and this, if you would have did this, this would have saved you so much money or whatever the case is. Right. But we're freaking salespeople. So that's what we do. And um, so when we kind of went to grow um, to get to the next level, I had gone and talked to a different couple different folks in the tech industry and, and some other places and I said, what do we need to do? And they said, you need to hire a CFO. And I was like, that's what the hell? That doesn't even make any damn sense. And everybody was like, for where you guys are going and your different structures of companies, they're like, you they're like, you don't even brandon, you need to be in growth and and marketing and sales and thinking about that and none of this other this this stuff, right? Right. And um I just I couldn't wrap my head around it. So then I finally came around to it. And, um, I talked to my CPA about it and she was like, you definitely need to do it because you guys are, you know, you, the, the, where you're trying to go, you do, you need to do it. Right. And the crazy thing about that was I hired a headhunting company to do it and to put out a national search and the headhunting company, they said, what is your ideal candidate? I described my current CPA, right? Um, because she's she's my age. I've been doing business with her for 10 years. She's was freaking just absolutely brilliant. She saved my ass and kept me out of trouble so many times. And um, she was paying my bills at the time for for the business. And I sent her the bill to pay the headhunter. She called me up and said, so you guys are really serious about hiring a CFO. I said, yeah, she says, I need to come to your office tomorrow and talk to you, which she never does because she's introverted and she's black and white comes to the office the next day. And she says, if you're serious, I'll put my two weeks notice in right now and I'll come to work for you. Um, and love that. Then, then she gave me a number that made me really uncomfortable.
0: Of course, of what did. she would
1: need to leave. Right. So I think it's a couple of things, right? It's law of attraction. The person I was looking for was her. Yeah. And that's the person that I end up getting. Do you know what I mean? Totally. And then where we've gone to as a business of just how much better that we run um, from a lot of different reasons, because you have another decision maker who has a financial and analytical mind and she is the opposite of the spectrum of myself you know I'm super high risk high reward you know I don't need all the freaking details you know I'm a big vision and she is I need all the details um, I'm super conservative and we're never going to agree exactly the same on something so it's kind of that yin and yang um, has kind of helped us make better decisions do you know what
0: I mean oh yeah heck yeah
1: and financially, like, and that's one of the things that we talk about in the training um, is like the knowledge that we got from her, of like buying real estate for specific reasons, not just the investment, but the tax side and that whole knowledge of it. So I think it's, um, you know, law of attraction, be willing to take the risk. And then sometimes you got to think outside the box because traditionally a real estate team doesn't have a CFO. Um, and we're in, involved in a lot of businesses, so we needed it. Uh, but, you know, that's, I will tell you that that's a game changer. What you said at the beginning, it's, you know, you hit capacity and you got to hire other people. Yeah. Um, dude, it was one of the best levers like I've ever like pulled to like help take my business and myself and my company to the next level.
0: Um, dude. I wish I didn't have to go in a few minutes because I feel like you and I could keep talking for a couple of, kind of like we did at lunch in Vegas a couple of years ago before the world shut down at that Inman conference. Um, I I feel like I could talk with you for a few more hours or we could record it because it's solid. You, um, you really, you reminded me of my buddy uh, who's been a guest as well on the show a couple of times, Ben Kenny in, in uh, Washington. I don't know. I don't know if you know Ben or not personally. Yeah, I know Ben. Yeah. So he, um, he's got his CFO, his name is Ross, happens to be Ross, super brilliant guy. And just hearing kind of some of the things um, that you've said and knowing Ben as well as I do and, and seeing his journey and and him sharing with me quite a few things. Um, So, you know, so similar. So I was going to say, if you just don't know each other, I feel like I need to connect you. Um, and second of all, like you, man, you just put on a freaking masterclass in this, in this podcast, dude, you gave us so much to think about and, uh, makes me want to, first of all, we're going to have to do a part two eventually so we can dive deeper on some of this stuff and, and kind of, um, go down some rabbit holes even further. But I just, again, dude, that was solid. Thank you on that CFO thing. Like, yes, I, I can't, I can't say, I don't, I don't personally have a C, you know, we don't, we don't have a CFO on staff. I'm a firm believer in having somebody who's watching the money, having tax strategy, having, having the components of a great CFO. Yes, yes. And yes. And cause not, not enough of us have it anywhere at all in our business. And it's gotta be a bigger part of it. I've, you know, we've had a bookkeeper since, you know, full-time bookkeeper since, before, I don't know, it was early 2010 when we hired him. He didn't, he still had another job. Now he's got a business with like, you know, eight or 900 clients, something like yeah. that. But he, like, we were like a second or third client. And so I'm a big believer in that and big believer in us as agents in real estate. If we're going to behave like real business people, we need to act like it. And that includes the numbers. Like the numbers just have to be part of it.
1: Yeah, 100%. Yeah. And, most of us are salespeople and our decisions and in our minds are different than financial people. And that yeah. was one of the biggest moments of having her is just her di- opposite. And then you're like, I'm like, holy shit, I would have never even thought about that. Right.
0: Yeah. You like, you they'll know? see things coming that you'll never, you'll never see Like it would be a, you know, like you run into a meteor that would just blow you up. I'm like, you never would have seen it, but because they think differently and look for different things than you, um, you know, they're able to to, to to guide you, man. Dude, this is solid, my man. I appreciate it. I'm looking forward to the property management webinar uh, that we'll put together. And I'm really looking forward to hopefully doing another one of
1: these soon. hundred percent, man. Hey, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me.
0: All right, Brandon. And uh, guys, we'll see you next time. Look in the links below. If you're uh, listening to the podcast, uh, you can go into the show notes. And if you're on Uh, YouTube or Facebook, you'll check them out here in the post or in the comments below. We'll we'll make sure we get some stuff up by the time this gets edited and published. Thanks a lot, Brandon. And uh, we'll see you guys next time. Thanks, man. Today's episode is brought to you by Kevin and Fred's community at EXP Realty. Learn why over 1,000 real estate agents joined EXP Realty last week. Join us for an informational webinar this Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific time Register at intro to exp